Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. Praise the Lord. That's good to hear. I'm Brother Jerry. I'm not Pastor TJ. I'm actually Pastor Jerry. All right. Um, We've been talking for a couple of weeks about the journey. I know that during the summer, you know, some folks, you're off for a week, you're here, you're there, you know, you're online, all these things. So I, I'm, I'm going to spend a little bit of time, all right, with an introduction section of sort of trying to help it tie it all together in case you missed a week or so, all right? But in general, our theme for this week is, are we there yet? Part of every journey, right, consists of somebody asking the question, are we there yet? Sometimes it sounds more like, are we there yet? You know? And I'm like, dear wife, please. No. It's usually the back seat, right? Are we there yet? Because they've got no clue how, how long right, it, it, it's, it's, it's supposed to take. Okay. Now, now, my answer to my kids usually was, um, yes. <laughs> Even though we're going 70 miles an hour down I-95. Sure, go ahead, get out, see what happens. <laughs> so God's message for us, right, is all about the perseverance during the journey. We're going to keep going, keep going, okay? Pastor told us actually several weeks ago, all right, that after a certain amount of preparation, it is time to go. The church should be moving, not sitting in the church, always talking to each other about how wonderful our church is, but rather going out and saving the lost. He said to go, okay? When we started the journey series, okay, Pastor uh, Ken Hansen introduced the journey of a lifetime. That was not just a saying like, oh, it's the most wonderful thing that'll ever happen. No, no, no. Do you get what he's trying to say? Our lifetime is supposed to be the journey. Our whole lifetime is committed to Jesus Christ. All right? Pastor Ty said, and when we're going to take that journey, we have to prepare for it. We have to count the cost of going on this journey because this is not a small thing. Okay? Because when people really encounter Jesus, right? When you come to church, we're supposed to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. Their lives totally changed. Nobody checked in with him and went, hey, he's a cool preacher, and left. Think of what the apostles' lives were like. They totally changed. That's what Jesus is asking for you and inviting you to is this great adventure, but it's going to be the adventure of a lifetime. You can't, like, halfway go, right? If you're on a business trip, or you're on a pleasure trip, and you're supposed to go to Japan, you can't send half of you. That doesn't work very well. Half of you can't go to Montana. Half of you can't even just go down the beach. That would be awkward. So, here's the gist of our verse, and I'm going to pick out one verse in, in, in the middle of it to, to really concentrate on. But I want you to get the context. It's always important to get the whole word of God as much as possible. So we're going to start with Genesis and read all the way down to Galatians. No. Okay. So I'm going to read you part of Galatians here. I'm starting at seven. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. 
but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. There's the gist of our verse right there. All right, do not get weary. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those to the family of faith, Galatians 6, 7 to 10, okay? So Paul is offering here two very, very different lifestyles, feeding our flesh, our earthly desires, okay? And, and, and the end of that is death itself because we in our nature although our, our nature is selfish by nature you know we want to feed ourselves we want to do things that are good all right unfortunately we will never find our answer that way there is no amount of feeding our flesh that will actually ever get there where our flesh goes you know what i've got enough i've got enough popularity i've got enough money or the terrible addictions he gets us in i've got enough power i've seen enough dirty things on the internet I've had enough cigarettes, enough alcohol, whatever it is, you will never, ever be satisfied there. I promise you, been there and done that. That's not the journey of a lifetime. That's actually a journey of death. So Paul says, you know what? I've got this other journey for you, okay? No matter what uh, the, the, the American dream, you know, looks like in the ads, okay, it does not really fulfill. You will not find shalom looking like a model, wearing the right clothes and eating the right foods and going to the right restaurants or vacation spots. I'm, I'm sorry. It will not happen that way. Okay? So if your journey is not going as planned, let's look closer. Okay? At the verse that we're supposed to be uh, looking at here, concentrating on Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Galatians 6, 9. Okay, uh, once we are once we are saved, okay, once we have chosen this journey, I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm, I'm going to be on that on that adventure with God. Okay, um, there are works for us to to do. Now, now not all of us are going to drop, you know, our our, our careers. We're not always going to go be, be missionaries. We're not going to be full time pastors necessarily, or things like that. Okay, but but we are going to change our entire focus of not pleasing. Me, I'm actually going to be pleasing Jesus. You see, it's not going to be who I am anymore. I mean, how, how do guys introduce themselves? Hi, I'm a, right, I, I run a, a business, right? I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an Indian chief, I dance, I sing, I, whatever you think. That's how we introduce ourselves. That's actually not the focus of the trip. The focus of the trip is not who you are, it's whose you are. Because as the songs just showed you, as the skit just showed you, I've surrendered my life and this journey to Jesus Christ. Now I'm on the adventure of a lifetime. Okay? Now, when we start our trip, here's a couple of pointers. Do we have our sign? Here's my journey. I pack up the car. I plan it for weeks and weeks. I drive down the edge of the road and I find this. Stop! I do not then stop the journey and go, okay, we're done. Let's get everything off the roof again. Let's get all those kids out of the car. That's absurd. Okay? We, that's, that, that's, that's, that's not where we go. And yet, and yet some people, okay, 
they, they think that as, as they finally, it finally dawned on them, they said, you know what? I'm going to go on that trip with Jesus. I'm going to come down here and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. Lord, I repent. I want your salvation on the cross to take the place of my sin and I'm going to live eternally with you. Fantastic. Great. That is actually not the whole trip. That's not it. You're not done. That's the beginning of the adventure. Don't get off at the first stop sign. Okay? I mean, let's take a look at our lives in the natural, right? We grow constantly. We are educated from the day we are born. We are educated. We are soaking up all the information that we can. We are watching our caregivers. We are watching all the people around us, right? And they're learning. Babies are learning. It's really cool to watch them learn, although sometimes it's kind of humorous. You know, they like, they like find this thing floating out in front of them. They're like, what is that? That's really cool. Let me look at it closer. Ah! And they cry and they yell at it, right? They don't even know it's their own hand yet. Eventually, they will make that connection. I called it the uh, five-finger monster with our kids. You know, they will make the connection eventually. Oh, that is my hand. I can tell it what to do. They're, they're soaking it up, right? They soak up words. They start to mimic sounds. The words, like, ah, yeah, like, ah, yeah, right? And they look at you as if you're supposed to understand it, right? Don't they? Like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you want to be fed or changed, you know? But, but the idea, though, is you keep going, though, right? Eventually, you're, you're learning to, to read. You're putting the, the letters together on there. You're, you're going to school. Maybe you're going to high school. Maybe you're going to grad school. Maybe you're going to trade school. You're always learning, right? You're always talking. The journey does not stop. You don't know it all yet. You don't know everything. Even TJ does not know everything. Ryan and Dawson don't know everything, as brilliant as they are. Irene Moab, those of you who, who know her, Jen, uh, the uh, the uh, singer's mom, she gets up here every now and then. She knows eight languages. I checked with her. I thought it was seven. It's actually eight. But she's got a few to go. There's a few more languages in this world than just those eight, okay? So you don't know everything, but you're constantly going to be learning, all right? So we're going on this spiritual journey. It hasn't stopped. We haven't arrived, okay? We're on the way. And on this journey, okay, we are constantly going to be going. When we get home to heaven, then we've arrived. But the rest of our lives, no matter how many years it is, we're going, right? There was a woman uh, in history. Her name was Sojourner Truth. Amazing woman. You should look up her life. She fought so hard for so many wonderful causes, but mostly for the cause of Christ. She renamed herself, right? She was born in slavery. She renamed herself Sojourner Truth truth because that was her whole identity it she was not a slave that was not her identity anymore she was free in jesus to serve him but she was a sojourner she hadn't arrived she spent her whole life serving him okay so that's us we're supposed to be sojourners moving along okay let's take a look at second corinthians three eighteen. but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the God, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So at, the way we grow, the way we learn, is we watch, in, in the natural, we watch our, our, our caregivers, we watch the people around us, and now, thank God, my kids mostly look like my wife, which is really good, because I think she's beautiful. So that's great. That, that's, that's, that's a good looking, but that was all genetics, okay? But we pick up more than the physical looks from our parents. We start to pick up gestures from them too. 
we start to pick up sayings. We start to pick up lifestyles from them. <laughs> and sometimes we find ourselves mimicking our parents whether we want it to or not, right? The first time we say, because that's the whole reason I said so. Then we go, oh my heavens, I sound just like my dad. Oh no, how did that happen? We lived with it for years and years and years, you know? So we pick up even gestures, even facial things. You can see them sometimes in the kids. You could see that, all right? Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing with the Lord. All during the journey, we're supposed to be staring in his face, staring in his face day in, day out, until we start to pick up his gestures, until we start to look like him. And there are some folks, oh my heavens, you can tell they are prayer warriors because they walk into here and they didn't come here without checking with Jesus first. They've already been in Jesus' presence and they walk in here glowing. Oh my heavens, I love that. Praise God. You can tell when folks have been reflecting Jesus Christ. It's, it's in their countenance. It's like Moses. Their face is just glowing. Okay? Now, we're going to break down the verse, the, the, the key verse. I'm going to break it down even further, actually, into three different parts. All right? The first one, which we'll call Galatians 6, 9a. Yeah, that's how much you can study the Bible. You can break a verse down. Okay? So let's not get tired of doing what is good. We think of doing good, right, as, as serving things, maybe making that sandwich, you know, here on a Friday and feeding it to somebody who has not, who does not have a sandwich, you know, and that's a good thing. But another interpretation of that, that verse, if you look up the Greek, is to, to do good, is to bring beauty, to do good, to bring with you the goodness of Jesus Christ, the beauty of Jesus Christ, Okay. This, this hat is the places that I, I, I went to. I got all these little, little pins on here, from, some from national parks. You know, I got, I got Gettysburg, and, and I got a life-saving station right down here, right? And I've got the, the, the Museum of the Bible. Right? I also have the, the Pickle Festival. <laughs> There's this bizarre place out, out in, the, in the, a little, little further west from us called Pittsburgh. And they have, I kid you not, a pickle festival. Okay. Those, those places that I went to, okay, they were the, they were the, the arrival places that I wanted to get to, like, like, like getting to heaven. Okay. But while we're on our journey, while we're going to our, our place, our destination, heaven, okay, we're supposed to be bringing with us the likeness of Christ so much. Okay. Then I'm going to challenge you with a couple of questions. All right. Do your lives add beauty when you walk in? If you're on this adventure, do you bring peace and love in your workplace to your coworkers? Do you do that when you arrive? We're carrying the spirit of Christ with us, right? When we go home, is that what we're bringing to our families? The peace and love of Jesus Christ? Even to strangers that we meet? Pastor's always encouraging us to be nice to those waiters and waitresses. Be kind to those, even whether the service is good or bad. Be kind to them. Are we bringing the peace and love of Jesus Christ with us? Because we're reflecting his image every day, everywhere we go. Well, that question begs another question. Let's take a look at the next slide. Brother Jerry, are you seriously telling me 
That when you walk into your home, you bring the peace and love of Jesus Christ with you. If I asked your lovely wife and kids, what would they say? They would say, no, not every day. No way, no how. But you know what? I'm working on it. I'm on the journey. I am not the man I was five years ago, 10 years ago, and 15 years ago because of Jesus Christ. I love better now. If I'm still not there, please, please pray for me. But I am so much better now that I've been on the journey that I bring much more peace and much more joy than I ever did before in my life. And I'm still praying daily that I do it better, that I do it more. I want to go further on the journey with him. I want to be more like him because when I get home, I want to tell him I was on the journey with you the whole time and I did what you asked me to do, okay? I'm moving uh, ahead on purpose. Let's take a look at Paul's version of this about on the journey, how we're going to go on the journey. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Kelly and Alex prayed this actually in, in, in the first service, as a matter of fact. So the Lord is obviously wanting to use, use this verse. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now talk about somebody who had the journey of a lifetime. Saul Paul, okay, had this amazing journey. But he didn't pretend that he arrived as holy as he was, okay? And most of us uh, will not have as, as dangerous and exciting as uh, a life as Paul. As Paul. Uh, my heavens, you, you read about all that man that had, he had to go through, all right? But nevertheless, we're supposed to be on the same journey. Our lives are supposed to be more and more like Christ all the time. But listen to those active words. I'm pressing on, right? I, 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 I am taking hold of, right? Those are active things. He was actively seeking to do it, just like I am. I'm not doing it as well as Paul. Maybe I'm not doing it as well as you want me to. Okay, but I, it matters to me, and you can correct me, and my wife does. When we were mar married like three, four years, we we're still just trying to get to know each other and rough, and I was a little rough around the edges. I was kind of human. And she would say to me, you better just go pray. I cannot even deal with you. And you know what? She was right. But because I married a Christian, she was able to call me out and say, you're supposed to be improving and pressing on. You're not supposed to treat me like the world treats me. She was absolutely right. And then when I would go, God would go, what are you doing? I just gave you this beautiful woman. You're supposed to straighten up, boy. If you're not feeling right, come to me and get right with me. She was right. So I have to actively seek him to grow. Okay? And I tell you, in this journey that I've been on, it has not all been uh, fantastic and roses and beauty all the time. But I wouldn't trade it. Journeys that, I, 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 along the way, when I would make choices about where, where the journey I think should go, like Tori up here who was fighting, you know, no, no, no I, I, I don't think I should go through that suffering and stuff. He made better choices for me. I have never looked at one of my selfish choices and gone, you know what, that was better than God's. But I've looked at a lot of his choices for me that I didn't understand at the time and go, okay, 
I understand what you were doing. I didn't even see that rough spot in me that you were trying to work out, God. I, I was not even that aware. But the journey was so worth it, doing it his way. Whose map are you going to follow? My dad would give us the map to, to look at in the back seat when we were on our way to New Hampshire, you know. But it wasn't even the book map. Somebody showed a book map a week or two ago, right, the book maps. We didn't have those. We had the fold-out ESO maps. It wasn't even Exxon yet. It was ESO. And you'd fold them out. It was like bigger than I was, you know, in the back seat trying to figure out where we're going, okay? Would it be good of me to say, oh, no, Dad, I've got a better idea, 11-year-old me. Yeah, you know what? I think going left on 84, I think that would be better. We wouldn't get to New Hampshire. It wasn't my plan. Why would, I, why would my 11-year-old plan be better than his? Okay? And along the way, let's look at his plan for us. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's got stuff for me to do. He expects us to serve others. It's part of the journey. Okay? And anyone who has served, who has laid down self and done anything... For Jesus knows the reward that it brings. Going, wow, I'm doing what I was designed for. You know? How many people does it take actually to, to, to run a service around here? Right? You see me speaking up here. How many people were on the praise team? Right? How many people were doing the tech to prepare for this ahead of time? How many people are doing the tech so that we're broadcasting worldwide, if, if, if people want to, to pick up this service? How many people had to be there to greet at the door? How many people are downstairs taking care of the kids? God bless them. I love teaching kids, but my idea of kids is like junior high, high school. The real little rugrats running around with like all that energy. Whew. God bless the ones that can do that. But this takes a lot of people to do it. I mean, we are, we are doing it so well. We outgrew our area. We're, we're up in the chapel now. Praise God. That's a lot of different people who are serving. But those of you who are on your knees before the service starts, going, Lord, just touch someone. Just save someone. That's serving, isn't it? Those of you who are just shuttling somebody here, that's service. And I don't know what God has called you to as service, but he has called you to something. We can't live for us. We're going to be living for him. So keep going. You see? Galatians 6, 9a. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Okay, so we're on the wonderful journey. We're doing service for his kingdom. But Brother Jerry, what if I do get weary? Yeah, I'm trying to serve him, but you know what? I am not enjoying the journey right now. I'm a little tired. Like Kelly said, she says she feels that some people out there are just lagging right now. They're not feeling it. All right? We know it happens. It happens to everybody. Right? Okay? What, but for the jury, if, if I have to take those little socks and match them up just one more time, every day the laundry just piles up and piles up. I am tired. Go ahead and ask me. Say, Brother Jerry. What if I am weary? I'm glad you asked. Here's your number one answer. We are not on the journey alone, and we're not supposed to be. Jesus never said, I'm sending you on a journey. He said, I am taking you. 
I am walking with you, right? We're going to share the yoke. We're not supposed to be alone, okay? I know that sometimes things get weird. In the natural, right, if you're driving out in the Midwest or, or West, I, I'm told, they said, you don't know on the East Coast, you do not know how long a road can be going in the same direction. How long and flat. In Kansas, it's wheat. In Iowa, it's corn. I was told, do not stop in Des Moines. Somebody very wise told me. Okay? And it just goes on and on and on. During those long times, we are supposed to check with the navigator, not in that whining voice, are we there yet? But rather, where are we going? How am I supposed to get there? Lord, show me. Take me. Be with me. We're allowed to cry out to him. Look at the Psalms. Lord, I'm weary. Lord, I'm tired. It's okay to say that to him because he will comfort you. He will be there. The Holy Spirit is supposed to live with us day in and day out. How often does he want us to check in with him? All the time. You're not going to wear him out. I promise. I promise. I know that there's people, you know, who, who like call their counselor, call, call their aide, call their, their accountability partner, you know, every day, every day, every day, every day, a couple times a day. You can wear a human out. But you can't wear the Holy Spirit out checking in with him all the time. Okay? Here's Zechariah 4, 6. We're going to go back to the Old Testament for a perfect example. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Okay? Nehemiah, we're talking about Nehemiah coming and rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He left the comfort of the Persian Empire to go to the ruins of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was, a, was a, in, in, in a shambles. It had been burned down. All right? And yet, here's the word of the Lord. They're going to rebuild the, those walls, actually, in record time. Why? Not by might, not by spirit, but, not, not, but by the spirit of the Lord. That's what allowed them to do that miracle. And that's what Zerubbabel needed as encouragement. That's what Nehemiah needed as encouragement. Okay? Look, look he doesn't want us to ever be independent. That's never the job. We're not supposed to outgrow God and say, I got this. I'll take over the wheel now. That's not it. He goes, no, no, no. I want you dependent on me all the time. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from? Where? The Lord. Not me. That's not where my strength and, and, and wisdom comes from. Okay? Here's the other answer. First answer, the Lord. You're traveling with him. Our other answer, we're not supposed to be traveling alone. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance, there we are again, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Looking to Jesus, but besides the Holy Spirit, right, let's take a look at this picture. We're supposed to be an army like the Roman legions were. Okay, when you faced the Roman legions, you did not see these guys with their shields on the ground. You saw only shields, and through it came their pike or their sword, okay? And next to my pike and my sword was somebody else's shield, and we locked the shields in front of each other. We stood that close to it. That's how the Roman legion worked, right? And they were pretty successful, right? You, you look at how, how, how long the Roman Empire lasted and how far it was and how, how far-reaching it was, Okay? He says we're supposed to be fighting together, never alone. 
He says that we're supposed to be a family. Now, we're not a perfect family, okay? But the genuine love of a family that would do anything for another one, that part of the family, we are for each other, right? What does pastor always call us? Beloved? He's taking the words from John. Beloved? Beloved? That's who you are. You're supposed to be close with this family. He even says we're one body. We're supposed to be one body together on this trip. No one's supposed to be alone. This is why I have trouble sometimes with folks staying online when they're healthy enough to come here. Because we need to kind of be rubbing elbows with each other. We need people to pray for each other. We need people to know our names and call us by name. Now, I know you got to pray for Brother Jerry because I forget names all the time. I love them. I see the same smile coming. I said, oh, look at that smile. Look at that. That's the praising lady. That's the, that's, the, that's the warm couple. They're always got their arms around. Oh, I love it. And then I forget the name. And I got to ask you again and again and again. Please forgive me. Isaiah, I got you this time. Praise God. Okay? I hope. I hope that's for good. All right? But we're not supposed to be alone. So if you are weary, come in and let us know about that. Okay? We should be that close that family picks up for each other saying, something's up with you. And we've got to have the courage and the trust in each other to say, yeah, you're right. I didn't get that job. My son's not walking like he was. The doctor just told me some bad news. We need to be that close to each other. We need to be that vulnerable with each other. Because that way we will not get weary. You'll have brothers and sisters constantly picking you up. Okay? Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. All right? Because if we're on this uh, metaphorical trip, okay, and you're driving, let's say Jesus is navigating, but, but, but well, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat for just a second. If you start to get tired on the road, I do not expect you to suck it up. What do I expect you to do? Help. <laughs> Uh, my, my eyes are closing here on the road, okay? I need to either pull over and rest or I need you to take over the wheel and we will take turns for each other, leading each other, encouraging each other, all right? Even if I'm just rubbing your neck from the back seat going, one more mile, we've got a rest stop, keep going, keep going, keep going, you know? But it, I, I don't expect you to just suck it up, okay? I want to know that you're weary, all right? And I want to pray for you. We're going together. Okay, last, uh, second part of the verse. <laughs> like, Brother Jerry, we're just in the middle of the verse? It's okay. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest. Galatians 6, 9b. Okay? So, uh, the right time, other, other verses say the uh, proper time. Okay, what is the, the proper time? It's so funny in The Chosen where uh, Peter's learning what Jesus means when he says soon. Because Peter's like, we're going to kick out the Romans. We're going to take over the world. We're going to announce your kingdom. We're going to, right? And Jesus is like, you'll understand. When? When am I going to understand? Soon. Well, after a couple of episodes, finally Peter's like, you keep using that word. I don't think that word means what I think it means. <laughs> right? Soon. And Peter's eventually the one that's going to write. Right? For days is a thousand years, a thousand years, that's a day. Because Jesus' version of soon is not right. So what's the proper time? What's the right time? It's God's time. Here's a couple of examples. Go ahead with the next picture. <clears throat> this is my family's station wagon, for real. Okay? 19, I don't know, 72-ish or so. That's me with the crew cut in the middle. All right? 
my brother Chaz, he's my oldest brother. He's 10 years older than I was. And number five, next to me, Chris. Uh, see, Christopher, that's my old brother. And then me, I'm number six out of, out of eight, right? And dad would pack everything on the roof. You see that, right? And we'd pack stuff in the car. And we had to pack certain things a certain way because if you had too many boxy, strong suitcases, like the one he brought home from World War II, not kidding, we traveled with that a lot, okay? Some of them had to be soft. We put all the bathing suits and the towels in a soft one because we're sleeping in the back of that station wagon or in the middle seat, we're sleeping on each other. Okay, that's the way we traveled. And dad could do that. Dad could do amazing things packing and get everything ready. But as far as timing went, we used to sing. My brother would sing songs about everything. Daddy wants to be at the Tappan Zee at 9.30. The Tappan Zee Bridge going up from New Jersey up to New England, right? That's what he wanted to take. My poor father, 20 years of going to New Hampshire. I don't think that man made the Tappan Zee at 9.30 once, not once. Because although we... You see those crew cuts? They were really good. If we didn't do something dad wanted, he'd go, bam, right in the back of our heads. Ooh, he always gave us crew cuts because I think it hurt more when he would give us a thwack. If he said we were supposed to be in the car at 8, we were supposed to be in the car at 8. It wasn't the seven of us, later on 8, that were holding things up. It was my dear mother. My dear mother had two speeds. One was slow and the other was stopped. She slowed down to baby mode back in 1952 when, when my biggest brother, Chaz, there was, was a baby. She slowed down to baby mode, and she never speeded it up again. No matter how old we got, she was still there in baby mode, just coming along in her own sweet time. So my dad wouldn't get there. But the timing, okay, was the idea. Dad's timing was out of his control. Our timing for our trip, when you think you're supposed to arrive or achieve certain landmarks along the way, sorry. It is God's timing. And God's timing is perfect. It is perfect for us. Okay? I have taken, I have tried to give him advice along the way about my trip. So far, he has not taken my advice. It turns out he's God. And he doesn't need to. Okay? Let's take a look at the next slide. I took a picture of a couple of tomato plants. The one on the left is, it looks a lot like our tomato plant that is, is just falling off with fruit. We have been eating it for a couple of weeks, weeks, I guess, you know, and we're still eating more every day. Mary goes over, oh, look, there's some more, there's some more, there's some more. It's great. They're really good tomatoes, okay? The one on the right looks a lot more like this guy. Dan gave me this fantastic new kind of tomato. It's a brown tomato. It's a sweeter tomato, okay? But it, it still looks like that. Now, it has given us so far one ripe tomato. It's a different kind and strain of tomato. It's not supposed to be blooming and giving us tomatoes yet. It's not its time. So I can't look at somebody else's timeline and say, hmm, she's bearing a whole lot of fruit. He's bearing a whole lot of fruit. Oh, my word. Look at that. How come they're doing great on their journey? That's not your journey. That's not your tomato plant. Different time. God's going to bring us to different landmarks at different times. And he knows best. Right? Take a look in the last couple of weeks when Pastor Tyler said that Jesus wants to give us more, a full harvest. Don't cut him short. Daniel Lumpkin, that evening, last Sunday evening, was praying, going, you know what? The Israelites couldn't take over all the land all at one time because it wasn't time yet. They would actually suffer if they got rid of everybody all at one time. God's timing was different than what they were hoping. 
He said, but wait on it. Meanwhile, if you look at Pastor Trish teaching up at New City online, you know what she was saying? Wait on God's timing. But she used Hannah, who had to pray and pray and pray and pray, and she's sobbing before God because she didn't have a child yet. And yet in God's time, her child was going to be Samuel, and then she was going to be blessed with other children beside. In God's time. On the journey, don't give up. Keep going. You might not be ripe yet. All right, here we are, the last part of the verse. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up, okay? Now, what's the blessing? I am not going to preach the prosperity gospel of the American blessing. I should have at least uh, two uh, homes, maybe two cars and 2.3 children, and now I've got the blessing from God. That, that's really not what that word means, Okay? The, the idea for us today, okay, here's, here's, here's a big secret about, about the journey, okay? The journey is the blessing. When you get to heaven, you'll be fulfilled more than our wildest dreams. We can't really even imagine heaven. But he says his kingdom is here now. It's on the journey. It's in the bumps and the bruises and the ups and the downs. Because we're with him the whole time. The joy is in the journey. Matter of fact, we had some of our funniest adventures while we were traveling. My brothers, we arrived to a, a hotel early. My parents had one room. We had another room and had one of those, those little double doors. You know, you could only, well, we could only open it from our side, obviously. We couldn't get into their room. But they were testing to see if in between those double doors they could take the youngest brother... And even though he's got a big head, could we put him in between those two doors? The answer is yes. You can actually squeeze your little brother in between those two doors. I do not recommend it because there's a lot of pressure when they open it up and his head goes, pow! The other adventure we had, same, 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 same brothers. The Maverick was dying in the middle of Connecticut, in the middle of nowhere. There's a whole lot of stretches of nowhere we're driving through. You know what? We had to stop. We had to wait for an hour or two. They actually had the part. Praise God. There was a little miracle there. In the meantime, though, we wrote the classic greased turtle. Go greased turtle. You're burning up that quart of oil. Greased turtle. Go greased turtle. Four wheels and an engine wrapped up in aluminum foil. Greased turtle. Go greased turtle. You might not have heard it. How's your brothers incorporated? They pass us on the left, then they pass us on the right. They pass us, right, because the engine was dying. How many years later, I'm celebrating the silliness of being stalled on the highway during the journey, okay? How much more so the lover of our souls and our creator and the designer of our trip being with us all the time. True joy. Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Scripture makes it clear that we will have a reckoning before our Lord. But what adventure are we going to bring him? If we say to him, I bought the houses, I went on the vacations, I had such a fantastic time feeding me, pleasing me, he's going to say, mm, yeah, That's, uh, that was not my kingdom though, that was your kingdom. <laughs> It's not going to count for anything in the afterlife. It's not the journey that he chose for you. 
Now, it might be. If God wants to bless you with, with fantastic houses or whatever, you're going to use them for the, the kingdom of God, so be it. But make sure the journey is for him. It's his choice. You can't bring him anything else. Everything else is going to burn up. Anything that we do for ourselves, it's going to burn up. It says so. We'll arrive there, you know, trying to hold everything we got in life. And as it burn up on the way and on the way and on the way and on the way, we're just going to get there and look at him face to face. Now, if we say to him, Jesus, I went on your journey. I didn't even understand what was going on half the time, but I went on your journey. What's the answer? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest, right? <clears throat> Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. There is our day-to-day -day on the trip. And he has shown that to me. I pray to go deeper. And he has taken me deeper and deeper and deeper. I've matured more and more and more and more, right? And there's great joy in that. Not all the choices that I would make, but I am, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I am not the most powerful. I am not the richest, okay? But I would not trade the journey he has taken me on, all right? Like Peter. What does Peter say at one point? Where else am I supposed to go? What if I decided I didn't like God's journey? What other choice is there? The crea my creator made me my own journey. Back to Philippians 3. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Okay? Take a look at that. Do not spend too much time looking back. That's not where you're going. Okay? We are looking ahead and we're going to trust him to keep going. So, Galatians 6, 9, let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Are you on the journey? Have you even started or you just like come to church now and then? Do you want the adventure of a lifetime? I beg you, please, come on down. Pray with someone to say, Lord, I don't want to just keep playing church or going to a nice club where we all look pretty. I want that adventure. Come down and speak with someone about really starting your lifetime with Christ. And for those of you who are weary, come down and let us pray for that too. The jolt from the Holy Spirit can energize you for who knows how long. Now right now, we're going to invite you into communion. What kind of a God laid down his life and said, I want to be so much a part of you. I want you to celebrate that death and proclaim his death, the freedom that we have from his death, every time you take it. That's how close I want to be with you. That's an amazing God. That's an amazing adventure. I invite you, brothers and sisters. If you're not there yet or if you're too tired, come on along. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.